From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Heather Knight, welcome to the big event. Peter Hartlob, welcome to San Francisco City Insider. This is another crossover episode between both of our podcasts, um, interviewing Warriors President Rick Welts and Heather Possibly the first podcast ever recorded inside Chase Center. We've been given no indication otherwise, so that's what we're going with. That's what we're going with. I put it out on Twitter and no one disputed (laughs) it. So we are the first uh, recorded next to a very pricey looking bar. Yeah, so this began when the Warriors reached out after I wrote a column describing our epic 49-mile scenic walk, drive, bike, roller skate adventure a couple of weeks ago. We said we're creating a new version that um, hits more modern San Francisco sites and um, is better suited for pedestrians and bicyclists. And the Warriors reached out begging, pleading <laughs> to be included on our route. Yeah. Now, we were going to include it anyway. We We'd pretty much already said that. <laughs> we had said that. We, but we didn't tell them this because we wanted a tour and we wanted to talk to Rick Welts inside Chase Center, and I thought it went really well. Yeah, it was really fun. He's such a nice guy. We were totally late because we had to drive there. Don't ever drive there, people, carrying heavy podcasting equipment. But um, he waited for us, and we interviewed him in a fancy lounge in the arena filled with booze. But the best part was that we got to do a tour outside afterwards. Yeah, that was a super fun tour. He was great to talk to. He talked about living in San Francisco. Uh, talked about uh, Bill Russell, has a great Bill Russell story. Wait until the end for that. And um, really, really sold us hard for the 49-mile drive. Yeah, so um, big news. The Chase Center is the first official addition to our new 49-mile scenic route. Breaking. Big news. (laughs) Uh, The big event in SF City Insider Crossover. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome to our. Uh, we, we ready to go, Heather? We're ready. I'm. I'm jumping in. Uh, um, this is a crossover podcast with SF City Insider and the big event. So you're gonna have double the pressure on you today. Wow. Okay. That means you Hope could be asked about sports, pop culture, politics. You name it. It's all covered. I can handle it. <laughs> well, you'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I, I hope we could start though with your your. Did you walk here today? Uh, I did not this morning. Okay. I had to make a stop on the way. I've, I've walked home the last two nights. Uh, it's 23 to 24 minutes. So What's it's your actually, route? Uh, so I go walk through our plaza, uh, cross over to, uh, we'll go 3rd Street, either the 3rd Street Bridge or the 4th Street Bridge, eventually end up on 3rd, mm-hmm. up to uh, uh, Folsom, take a right, and I'm home. So. Nice. Probably yeah. faster on foot than car, huh? Uh, a lot of times. <laughs> uh, although, I will say, one of the great uh, successes to this point has been uh, the execution of our traffic plan. Uh, we've had simultaneous events with uh, the Giants the last two nights, and it's worked. And it's worked primarily because of public transportation. Yeah. People have actually listened. Uh, I rode uh, the T line to get here for the for the uh, Metallica concert on Sunday, Montgomery Street to here. Uh, that was 25 minutes. It was awesome. It Not worked. Bad. We did between six and seven thousand people took Muni here on uh, that day on Sunday for uh, Metallica. So people are listening. 
We're just hoping people don't hear, oh, the traffic's fine. Okay, then I'll drive, right? <laughs> right. It's fine because they're doing what we hope they would do. Yeah. So as someone who walks in San Francisco a lot now, what do you notice about walking in the city for better or worse? Is it easy, hard, changes you'd like to see uh, made for pedestrians? It was, I walk a lot too, so I don't think there were any surprises. I, I did uh, because I'm not usually walking that route. Uh, I did discover a few really small restaurants yeah. that I want to go back and try that I've probably driven by or taken the train by before but never noticed. So you do get to see uh, a lot of little things right. that you that don't get to see any car. other way. Yeah. Is San Francisco, has it been still a discovery situation for you? You, you moved here 2011. Did you spend much time in the city before that? Well, my life is a little complicated. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I also have a residence in Sacramento because my partner uh, has two children who live in Sacramento. So we're there on the weekend. So my discovery of San Francisco is usually limited to, to weekdays when I'm also working. So I, I wish I had more time, actually, to discover. I'm in a great location uh, close to uh, Yerba Buena Park, uh, Moscone Center, but uh, I have to admit, I maybe get two nights a week when I have an opportunity to go out and explore. Not as much as yeah. I would like. Did you want to come here? Because you've, you've been in a lot of different places, and, and I think you had a lot of choices coming to the Warriors. You didn't come here when it was, you know, the Steph, Clay, Draymond dynasty that was built while you were here. What, what made you want to come to San Francisco? Uh, anybody who's devoted their life to the NBA like I have uh, and watched the Warriors throughout their history was always amazed at the support the team had. Uh, I always thought, I think most people in the industry always thought if you could ever get this team in the right ownership and management hands that it could stand toe-to-toe -to -toe, not just with any franchise in the NBA but with any team in sports because look at where we live uh, look at the companies that are here that are really guiding the future of the world. Uh, look at the fan support the team had had over decades of, of not performing at a high level. Uh, and then you add in Joe Lake and Peter Goober and their partners and you sit down and talk to them and they say things like, you know, we want to build a new arena. And we, you know, we're not set on a location, but we might even do that in San Francisco. Any interest? <laughs> Holy cow! Are you kidding me? Like so it, you're was, excited it was, it was one that. meeting. No, yeah. it was one meet. We had one meeting. I, I could see that being a huge headache. I mean, that could, I could, I could see that creating anxiety. So, I don't know. Let's think of what would be the equivalent in your industry. Somebody came to you today and said, "I want you to take everything you've ever learned about." Uh, the media world and I'm going to give you unlimited resources to create the greatest media company in the world. Would you be interested? Well, that would be the Probably. Chronicle. <laughs> okay. We already have. We were right. already there. What if, what if you got to make all the decisions and, cool. and guide that, right? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a once in a career kind of opportunity because you can take everything you've ever learned about the industry you're in and give it a form that's going to last for decades. It's going to, you know, I talk about these places. These are not performance venues. These are places where memories are created. I love to ask people, what was the first concert you went to? Nine out of 10 people can tell you where they were 
and what act they saw. We were actually going to ask you that yeah, in our okay. lightning round. All right. <laughs> so uh, these play, and and I wouldn't be here today talking to you if I didn't go as a kid to the Seattle Center Coliseum with my dad to watch Seattle SuperSonics games because I fell in love with the game, but also what it meant to our city, Seattle, and having its first professional sports franchise and could see the impact it had on people and, and how people gathered together who had nothing in common except their interest in that team. And there's something really powerful about that still mm-hmm. today. That was a long time ago, but still today, it's one of the last places in our society where people actually gather together face-to-face and experience something live at the same time and it's there's there's magic to that and there's memories to that i wanted to ask you about how you got this beautiful chase center built so quickly i think from purchase of the land to today sitting here recording this podcast inside the serena it's like um, three weeks right I, know, Heather? About, I don't know three weeks no i think it was five years and if you can believe it that's the literal average time it takes for city hall to build one unit of affordable housing so how did you wow, that's <laughs> how depressing. did you build this arena in the same amount of time so it's only your unique san francisco perspective that could even ask that question <laughs> because it seems like an incredibly long period of really? time and long compared to what other cities have been able to do and what other you know arenas last last ones that opened in milwaukee and sacramento were done in much shorter periods of time mm-hmm. but with much uh uh, less of a regulatory challenge and public Well, you're very fast challenge. on the San Francisco timeline. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we had all the resources we need, and we had a lot of uh, uh, political support. Uh, all the mayors, you know, from yeah. obviously Mayor Lee's legacy, uh, but to Mark Farrell, to London Breed, uh, we had incredible support in the mayor's office, which doesn't eliminate any of the obstacles but can expedite the process Mm -hmm. and uh and you know i think that probably was the most important thing and i I think our commitment to engaging and doing it the san francisco way right like we're all in on the community process and you know embrace that rather than than fought it and uh, i think we got some credit for doing that and i think it's part of the reason that that we've been able to get it done in the timeline we've been able to do (laughs) And uh, there was some more bad news in terms of City Hall slowness yesterday with the Central Subway now going to take two more years to open. I know that was a big part of your transportation plan. So how do you cope with that? Well, really disappointing. Uh, I can't, you know, say anything other than that. It was originally part of the pitch about coming to the site was that the Central Subway would be open prior to our opening. And now we're looking, I guess, at the end of the second season Mm -hmm. from what I read in the Chronicle today. Um, you know, the workaround we have is working well. It's just the experience is going to be better, especially for those outside of San Francisco when the Central Subway is done because it's going to cut uh, their travel time and I think add to convenience tremendously be- just because of the connection from BART to the Central Subway at Powell Street mm-hmm. and its direct route right here to our front door at Chase Center. So. What we the plan we have in place now is working fine. It's just going to work a lot better when yeah. the central subway is open. Mm-hmm. What about ferry service? Is that mm-hmm. a possibility? Peter's I, a big ferry proponent. I live oh. in Alameda. <laughs> I'm like ferry. I take my bike into the Chronicle, um, which is scary. But uh, I was hoping that would be something that the Warriors would have right off the bat. And is is that even in the future plans? No, it and actually the Warriors will have it right off the bat. So yeah. the port. Uh, 
is in the process right now of installing a temporary ferry uh, dock at Pier 48, which will be about a 12, 13-minute walk uh, from Chase Center. The better news is, and this was one of Mayor Lee's like legacy projects too, was the 16th Street ferry terminal. So uh, it's approved. It's funded. The port's done all their studies. We know exactly where it's going to be built. The timeline has been challenging because uh, part of the funding is tied up in our in the challenge to regional measure three. Mm -hmm. So even though we're collecting all those bridge tolls, we're not spending them on transportation projects yet. But you know the port is working really hard. WIDA, um, just this unknown agency in in the Bay Area that governs water transportation. So we think we have a plan uh, to be able to get this done sometime less than two years, uh, and that's gonna really enhance, enhance the water options. But, but we will have, and I can't, we don't know exactly what the schedule is gonna be, uh, but we will have temporary ferry service starting with the first Warriors game. So we're excited about that. I'm, like, I'm from Seattle. Like, uh-huh. ferries are Great a way of life. There. That's yeah. how people commute to work. That's, that's what you do on a weekend. I mean, it's, you know, it's so interesting to go back and listen to the history of how we got to this terrible system of water transportation that we're just now recognizing could, it, could really be a mitigating factor in the traffic uh, that we're experiencing. Like, the idea that the Bay Bridge killed ferry traffic yeah killed the ferry system and then the earthquake brought it it back right the 1989 earthquake i gotta tell you i rode bart for 15 years from fruitvale station in oakland i I lived in oakland and i got sick more like just because everybody's packed on there i was stressed like i feel like i was like an inch shorter when i rode bart (laughs) because i was always just kind of hunched over from the stress and bart's got some stuff it's going to fix you know it's a it's a transit system we need but ferry is just it's so pleasant yeah yeah yeah. No, I, I we're I think the Giants do something like eighteen hundred uh, fans a game who yeah. arrive or, or depart by ferry. We have some advantages actually, uh, especially with the Warriors because tell me when a Giants game is going to end. <laughs> oh, oh, don't know. The famous baseball torture. doesn't yeah. work that way, right? Yeah. Uh, a basketball game is going to end in two hours and thirteen minutes, maybe fourteen, maybe twelve. Yeah. Right. Wow. So the ability to have a regular schedule that operators of the ferries can depend upon and fans can depend upon is really uh, a big advantage. So uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great for the East Bay. It's going to be great for Marin. And we've got really good support right now, again, from the mayor's office, from WIDA, from the port. Um, everybody's lined up to make this happen. Money's always an issue, but it looks like we have a pathway for that, too. Well, we were really excited when the Warriors said that they would like us to consider putting Chase Center on our new 49-mile scenic route. So for someone who doesn't necessarily have a ticket to a game or a concert inside, how would you describe what they could still get out of coming by and seeing what's here? Uh, i describe it as good going to better going to fantastic. Okay, so the good that you'll experience right now should take Muni to get here, number right, one, of or, or bike. Walk. Mm-hmm. or walk right we have 300 bike valet uh spaces here at the arena 
So uh, we're seeing every game more people realizing that they can ride their bike to an event and park it and and have it in a safe place until they're ready to go home. Rickshaw? Is there going to be <laughs> rickshaw? No, I've okay. talked to a couple people who took the rickshaw. I haven't seen one yet, but I'm okay. told they're That's out That's one of there. our favorite modes of transportation. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, all those forms of San Francisco transportation come here, right? And once you get here, it's, it's, it's yes, this beautiful Chase Center, but you don't need to have a ticket to a game, right? We have an 11 and a half acre site. Uh, Three and a half acres of that is public space. Uh, you know, I ate my lunch yesterday just sitting on the steps of the gatehouse, which I call like our Spanish steps that overlook our main entry plaza. Uh, you'll see storefronts for 29 different retail locations uh, because all the buildings just got finished. The re restaurant construction is I starting saw now. Is coming soon. Yeah, That's a you big saw plus. that, right? But they're all they're they're. 29 retail locations, most of them restaurants, uh, all local. Everything is is hyper local in terms of the brands that we're bringing in here. Uh, and of course, you got the greatest Warriors team store of all time. But, <laughs> but way beyond that. Wait, do you really want people to come here to spend money on yes, Warriors gear? Yes, please. We, got, <laughs> we have a 10,000 square foot uh, holiday shopping mecca for you to come and enjoy. Mecca. Uh, wow. Yeah. But uh, the first thing you're going to notice is the largest outdoor video screen in San Francisco. Of course, it's also San Francisco's only outdoor <laughs> video screen because we don't do outdoor video screens in San Francisco. So that's two years of our life to convince uh, those that needed to be convinced that that was a good idea. But you could have been here last Saturday and watched the, uh, the women's final at the US Open with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people who came to enjoy that same event so the plaza becomes another venue what else will you be showing yeah, what about like the rock or mrs yeah, like doubtfire movie yeah. yeah why not movie nights right Let's do we've a talked movie about night. that Let's we do, do movie nights, nights we do movie. now we're in competition okay. Rick. Okay. there we go okay <laughs> well we'll 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 be cognizant of your schedule <laughs> thank you very much but yeah that's the idea this it's another venue uh to enjoy events that people would like to gather together to do and then I, I cannot, if you, if you have any interest in art, you have to make this one of your stops, right? We do. Uh, because, you know, we unveiled, right before we opened the building last weekend, we unveiled uh, the Olafur Eliasson installation, which is on our East Plaza, the corner of 16th Street and Terry Francois Boulevard. Uh, it is amazing. Five 15-foot-plus tall metal spheres uh, placed like five points of a star. And when you're right in the middle of the five points, you have a mirrored surface on each one of those five spheres uh, facing together, which creates these crazy wow. uh, photo opportunities. It, if you go out there right now, this will be, I'm going to declare it right now, the selfie <laughs> capital of San Francisco because you can't walk by it without getting your selfie okay we have and, to go check that and out. instagram is now being the populated thing. daily with dozens and dozens more images so this is going to be one of those things when people come visit you in san francisco they're going to say i have to go see seeing spheres which is the olafur elias installation so it's part of our one percent uh for public art mm -hmm. and the way i describe it again this is one of those actually great laws in san francisco where you can either you know begrudgingly comply with it or you can really embrace it and go with it and I think we did the latter nice. so you can go from Olafur Eliasson to uh, uh, a mosaic called the bay which mm -hmm. covers we a whole that. wall here which 
which was done by Perceived Eyes in the yeah. mission. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It depicts the connection between the East Bay and San Francisco, and it's spectacular. Uh, you can then you'll walk by the the bright red Noguchi sculpture that's on loan from San Francisco uh, Museum of Modern Art. Unlike you know what your mom and dad told you about going to the museum and not touching anything, this is meant to it's a play sculpture. It's meant to climb on. It's meant to take wow. your picture on. You can have kids can have fun on it. You are going to be the selfie capital of the we world. We are <laughs> right. Uh, then you're going to walk back toward the main plaza and see this amazing Adam Feebleman. Uh, right now under construction art installation which is 8,000 pounds of stainless steel uh, which he has created this three-layered installation where he's taken the, he tells us, has taken the, in effect, the flight path of thousands of different basketball shots and combined them (laughs) into a metal art installation oh which i'm describing terribly because you can't <laughs> you can't really understand it until you see it um so you know and then if you want to peek in the front entrance off the main plaza you'll see alexander calder's mobile which used to hang in the main lobby of the san francisco museum of modern art now adorns the main lobby of chase center so and that's before you ever get inside wow. right um so well, we'll take this under advisement <laughs> please do but then but so that's the good that's what you can do right now the better is this is our year of discovery so all those current under construction restaurants are going to open mm-hmm. over the course of the year and your your experience of coming to an event here will completely change you can get here two hours early or hang around two hours late and have a place to socialize and watch the event happen or even if you're not coming to the event there'll be great dining options but the best is going to be i would say what we're going to be a year from now because you know there's also now just under construction uh, we part of the project was rerouting terry francois boulevard it used to hug the the geography of the bay it now when it runs by uh, chase center is a north south street mm-hmm. and the five and a half there's now five and a half acres between the new terry francois and san francisco bay that's becoming a brand new public park and that is not our project uh so fingers crossed we'll be done toward the end maybe it'll be done in 50 years no come on (laughs) we'll be done toward the end of uh this basketball season and then like that's our front door like the the front door is uh, san francisco's biggest new public park in decades i think it's a smidge larger than the trans bay uh terminal salesforce terminal (laughs) park so uh you know that that's a game changer too for the experience of being down here so this has to be like one, two, or three, or four of your stops. <laughs> yeah. I think that you probably yeah. sold us. What do you think, Peter? I think he did. Okay. I think we were actually sold before we got we here, but we wanted, we wanted to come and <laughs> set up our equipment here. Well, I think we should move into our famous lightning round. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Uh, I there's, there's a food truck on 2nd Street bet- off the corner of Folsom, that I don't know the name of. Okay. You're not the first. Really? A lot of people the don't know the name, of, yeah. but they just go to their favorite That's spot. Yeah. People That's running for it. political office don't know the name, okay. so you're good. All right. You're good. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Mrs. Doubtfire. Good one. What is your favorite place to get a stiff drink? <laughs> 
perhaps the J.P. Morgan. <laughs> right, right here. I can see rows of booths from where That we're sitting in right now because basically I live here now, so I have no other choices than, <laughs> than something that will be just, happening right here. Just to give the listeners the visual, I see like four Jameson bottles <laughs> like five paces away. It, it actually so. would be the bar at the St. Regis Lobby. Okay. Because you oh. run into Willie Brown there and uh, yeah. that can be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. What was your first concert? So my first concert, which pains me to tell you because it dates me terribly, uh, was the, the, the original Beach Boys. Uh, opening act was Jan and Dean. You've uh-huh. never heard of wow. that? No, I've heard okay. of that. All right. Yeah. So, also yeah, surf in, music. In yeah. The, yeah, in the Seattle Center Coliseum. Oh, nice. Yeah. What's your favorite Beach Boys song? <sighs> What's the one that's I Get Around, I think, okay. is yeah. my favorite one. So this was Brian Wilson era? Yeah. He was still with the Beach Boys. It's still uh, and functioning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> excellent. And which concert that's scheduled for Chase Arena are you most excited about? Oh my gosh! So this this like makes me sound like the old guy again. It's actually uh, Bocelli, who's oh. you know, right. never played San Francisco. Uh, and sold out in a nanosecond. Wow. So I think it's going to be really special. Did you get special. a ticket? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking on the secondary market now. You so. know people? Yeah. Do, are you able to enjoy it? I, I review movies, and if I'm watching a movie that I know I have to review it, I can't really enjoy it, like just going with my kids. With all the stuff here, are you thinking about, you know, the power going out or, you know, anything that could go wrong? Are you able to just sit and enjoy a concert, enjoy a game? There are moments, you know, (laughs) uh, on opening night, Metallica, uh, the San Francisco Symphony, I found, you know, we had our staff and a couple of suites and I found a little corner all by myself and, you know, spent about five minutes just kind of looking up and seeing like and and realizing this is happening in San Francisco. Right. This is this is amazing what I'm seeing right now. And then, unfortunately, you go back to worrying about, you know, all the things that I'm supposed to be worrying about. But you get you get those moments. Um, I'm a better Warriors fan uh, in that context. I'm 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 not going to sacrifice my enjoyment of a Warriors game too much for the for my other responsibilities. Would you ever consider entering politics because you get stuff done? There's a lot of funny stories about little entrees that people have made about that but Uh i have you know i the good news is i have so much experience in dealing with san francisco politics that it makes it an easy decision to know (laughs) that i'd rather be doing what i'm doing right now yeah he didn't say no though (laughs) that was not a firm no (laughs) no (laughs) kind of like what mark benioff said when we interviewed him oh yeah he's busy too though (laughs) yeah how about muni muni needs a new director (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not, not so much. I don't think my expertise extends to uh, <laughs> municipal transportation. Can I get one lightning round? Yeah, go for it. I brought the Bill Russell file. Oh We've got photos gosh. from when Bill was at USF, uh, Bay Area resident who you knew very, very early in your career. I was hoping you could just tell one Bill Russell story. if you. Well, he uh, so Bill came to the Seattle Supersonics as our head coach and general manager uh, I would have been about 20 years old, I think, something like that. And I, he's a very early riser. He gets up really early and gets in the office. We had a really small office. I didn't really have an office, but I had a desk in a hallway. But it was at the end of the hallway where he uh, had his office. So Bill isn't the easiest guy to get to know and isn't necessarily immediately warm and fuzzy to people he doesn't know. So 
I'd show, I'd be, you know, I was going to college at the time, so I'd be getting there early in the morning and trying to get some work done on a weekend. And, you know, this one, like, we would be there at the same time. Probably the only two people in the office wouldn't really acknowledge me at all. And then one day he uh, popped out of his office and pointed down the hall and, like, you know, he doesn't know my name, but it was kind of like, hey, like, white boy down the hall. <laughs> like, could you get me whatever it was, right? So to this day, if I if we called him on the cell phone right now and he saw my name, he would answer, hey, white boy down the hall. <laughs> so it's been an ongoing kind of uh, joke with us since, uh, since I was a wee kid. Well, I think that's an excellent note to end on. Thank you, white boy down the hall, for having us here today. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for being at Chase Center. Thank you. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Heather Knight and our guest, Rick Welts. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producer is King Kaufman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album, Community. Read our columns and subscribe to the Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with us.